it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the opportunity to speak with Michael Barr of the band Volumes over Zoom video. Michael talks about being born and raised in Los Angeles and how he got into music. His dad was actually a touring musician all the way up until he was born. So he didn't actually get a chance to see his dad's band perform. But his dad's band had some major success in Japan and some in the United States. He talked about getting drums at an early age. So he started off on the drums, played drums through high school. He talked about the bands he was in prior to volumes. He ended up becoming the singer, wanted to be the singer later. And uh, thanks to this venue in town, that was kind of like the venue that all the kids would want to play at or go to shows at. He ended up meeting the rest of the guys in volumes and they created volumes out of that venue. Michael told us about getting signed, having their first two records go number one on the iTunes chart. He ended up leaving the band for a handful of time. He talked about coming back and joining the band, playing a couple shows before COVID, but all about the opportunity to record on this new record that just came out, which is called Happier. You can watch our interview with Michael on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with volumes. Cool, cool. So this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about volumes. Sweet. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, first off, talk to me about where were you born and raised? Los Angeles, Southern California area. Um, you were born in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm from San Diego. Not many people actually are, are from Southern California. So that's cool. What part of LA? Yeah. San Fernando Valley okay. area, like Woodland Hills specifically. My, my girlfriend's parents though, they live in Oceanside oh, sure. uh, area. Yeah. Encinitas area. So I'm like down in San Diego all the time. I love it down there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I recently moved to Nashville, but um, I've lived in San Diego besides from a little stint in San Francisco pretty much my whole life. Yeah, man. It seems like a lot of people are moving to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Pretty it's cool. I, didn't, I didn't know that when I moved here. And then like I, everyone you run into like, oh, I've 50 other people I know are moving here from California. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. I, a lot, I know a lot of people that are moving to Nashville. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, so born and raised in LA. How did you get into music? My dad, my dad was a musician and he basically like just instilled it in me ever since I was a kid, like out of the womb. Um, yeah, just ever since I can remember, it's just been a part of my, my life. And 
as I've like, as I got older, I just was pretty adamant about making it like my living and what I was going to do. Is that what he did? He's a, he did music for full time. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He was a musician. Like he was in a band called small talk in the eighties and they were like, did the whole club circuit in LA and regional, but they had like a lot of success in Japan. Okay. So that was, that was pretty cool for me being like really young and seeing like vinyl records in like, you know, a different language with like my dad's like face on it. And like, just like a lot of cool memorabilia we have like comic books and posters and like magazines and that psyched me up and like amped me up like oh my dad's doing this like this is sick like i can do this but yeah he was there was he was signed to Capitol records too and yeah i was very much just like in a small small band that had had moderate success that's awesome did you get to yeah. travel with him at all or or watch him play no, this was all before I was born. Oh, okay. He pretty, much, he pretty much stopped. He didn't stop playing music, but he, like, um, started, like, doing other things in the music industry when I was born because he wanted okay. to be, like, around and stuff like that. But that even was cooler to, like, realize, like, oh, like, there was a whole life before this that my dad had that I didn't know about with music. Uh-huh. And I think that, like, motivated me more to be serious about it and rather than just be like a hobby. Sure. Pretty I'm sure he had a, a lot of advice to give you as far as on the road and, and putting records out and, and how that all works. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely learned like a lot from him. So what, is, how I got started. Yeah. what did he, what did he play in the band? Vocals. Oh, he's vocals, a singer. And keys. vocals, keys and guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how did you start your musical journey? Was it on piano also or actually drums? Drums, drums. was the what well, drums was the first like thing I got into. Um like I remember my first drum set and like how old were you when you got it? Probably nine or maybe like eight, eight years old, nine nine years old. Yeah. And it was like a just like a Walmart drum set that you could literally like pick up in one piece it's like all welded together and you okay. know like the, mm-hmm. the the classic like kitty mini drum set and i think i was like i like was ripping on it and then my parents were like all right we, we need to get him like a real a real drum set i remember like beating the shit out of that drum set like playing it like an actual drum set and they were like okay <laughs> like just get like him a real one <laughs> yeah like all all the like the heads are just like welted like just symbols were just like flanked and kinked <laughs> and stuff and they're like all right i think he's into this yeah did you continue that like were you in percussion in high school or in school band or anything not you it was very much just like what i did after school like i hated school mm-hmm. i didn't like me and me and school were not happening and i just like hated being there. So when I would go home, I was just like, I played my drums for hours and then like maybe do my homework or barely do my homework and be like, it was just all about music. So my, my family and my parents were pretty cool about like letting me do my thing and like, you know, just like be interested in instruments and um, take lessons and all that or have, you know, buddies over to just like make noise like all day long. So I was pretty focused on that. 
did you play drums like what like because you're the singer for your for volumes right yeah yeah so, so like, I, like, I, did you play drums and bands going like through high school i mean it sounds like you're jamming with people yeah i definitely like so i was i was always playing drums every day at home um and then that led to like having a group of guys i played with in like middle school and then like down the street from my where i grew up in my neighborhood there was like a kid who like walked into my garage one day heard me playing drums and was like let's start a band so like all that stuff was happening and then mm -hmm. when i got into high school i was like actually starting bands with like names and like we're selling tickets we're playing shows and there particularly there's a venue called the cobalt um that's not there anymore but it was like our home base for anyone that was like wanting to play shows or start bands or find someone else to start a band with you would do it at this venue um and so that kind of like motivated even everyone in volumes um because we all come from the same area that was kind of like the glue for our scene was this tiny tiny like diy venue mm -hmm. and going to those going to those shows with like my neighbor when i was like 11 years old kind of exposed me to starting my own bands and stuff like that so yeah i was in like three bands uh before volumes that were just like really bad metal bands like one punk band and uh, i decided to like start singing or and instead of playing drums because i wanted to like be in be in the front you know as sure. cliche cliche as that sounds that's how it all starts right you're like yeah i don't want to be behind the drums anymore um and i just went for it kind of like it was scary too i remember like trying out for bands like doing vocals and stuff and it was like all all new to me and i like very much had to like make it happen and stuff so was volumes the first band that you sang for or were you in other bands prior as a singer uh so i was in other bands prior so i was, I was other bands screaming basically and, and a little bit of singing but yeah just as i started getting into heavier music like gradually i was kind of like drums are these drums are hard like th these drum patterns of metal are like really hard like i'm more of just like a jazz drummer like punk style where it's like simplicity uh -huh. so i was like maybe i'll scream because i don't know if i'm going to be the best metal drummer so it was just like that thought process like i really want to be in a band i want to play heavy music let me try the screaming thing out so a lot of like driving around in my car 16 years old like screaming screaming <laughs> cranking cranking music yeah awesome and then how does uh volumes form it sounds like you went to school with the other guys in the band i didn't go to school with them but we all came from the same neighborhood and okay. then the, like i said the binding the binding glue was um the venue the, the venue that we had the cobalt and like we were all in different bands tr supporting each other and being and hanging out and making sure that we would like show up to each other's shows and then uh all our bands kind of disbanded at the same time and then we all gravitated towards each other to start volumes basically out of that out of that venue just to keep like playing there oh okay much. really yeah, like we just well we just wanted to like still play shows and like you know it was like one of those things where it's like the venue is like a very sh tiny tiny dark dingy venue but like there was nothing like packing like 400 kids out and if you could do that 
at the time from where we were from, you were like godly. Right. So we were just, course. we were just, yeah, we were like, that was like our goal. Like it wasn't, we weren't even thinking like going to play shows in other states or going on tour. It was just like, how sick can we make our hometown show? Like how, how packed can these shows up in pole ball get? So we played there for years, even not even that long, maybe two years we played there as volumes. And then that, that kind of allowed us to make some noise and gain some attention as fans would come through and we would open for them. They're like, Oh, this, they have this venue unlocked. So it was okay. cool. It's, yeah. It, Cause it's you guys it's not there anymore. Yeah. Did, you got signed fairly quickly though. Didn't you or no? really quickly okay and that was that was that was just because of that venue um just like the exposure of how like bustling the scene was in the early 2000s and uh, mid-2000s it just having that i guess platform of our local venue and just like having played there for so long and knowing that community really helped us like get that that signing real very quickly so uh-huh was that literally all all thanks to just all thanks to that that venue basically was kind of like why we had any success in the beginning wow when you got that deal was it something that you like ran by your dad or anything like that like i mean that must have been a big moment calling him and like hey we got signed yeah i mean yeah my family was stoked and it was one of those things where like i left like I was not going like showing up to school at this point and like things were very questionable, but I remember telling like my family and my mom and everything, like we're going to start this band. We're going to get signed. We're going to go on tour. We're going to do all these things. And like, luckily all that happened. Uh, and like, yeah, I just was like, cool. Like this worked out. And I think my mom was at first, like, cool. You might go play a show and like, Arizona or something but then as like she saw like like a tour flyer and it's like no I'm gonna be gone for like a month she was kind of like oh okay he's my whole family was like yeah this is he's serious about it and they're super obviously happy for me and mm-hmm. yeah it's very cool stuff to see like them trip out on that yeah that, like yeah yeah when you guys signed like what was the you put an EP out right right away yeah we yeah like right away yeah like immediately basically we had the songs and we were just like we had we had them recorded we then we re-recorded some stuff and then the label we were working with at the time just real quickly just dropped the ep for us basically and did you tour on that ep right away too kind of we 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 yeah we were like opening up like regional shows going to like maybe as far as Texas and back, like maybe. And then, then we got on like, we got on a tour with uh, Misery Signals. It was like, it was, it was, I think it was Misery Signals and after the burial. And that was like a huge fucking deal for us. Big, big tour for us to open. Uh, and from then on, then we got like this Slaughter Survivors kind of contest tour. Uh-huh. And then that kind of broke it in for us as far as like, like, you know, do getting on bigger and better and serious scores. From so we, we tore, tore a little what, bit. Okay. So what, how did that one, what was, what was that tour you just mentioned that kind of got you onto the bigger and better ones? It was called summer. It's called, uh, it was slaughter survivors tour. I think it's still around, but it was like, 
it's a contest thing where it's like you and you you and i think you entered in or had to do some type of something like that to like get uh-huh. on the tour so like a surplus of bands would enter and then they would pick like eight nine like there was like nine or ten bands on the tour and then it's like you went out and you toured kind of festival style and in clubs though so it's like an all-day show Mm -hmm. and that was like a goal for us to get on and we we got on it and knowing that it would like help expose us on that tour it was like rings of saturn it was like their first tour ever i think it was like probably our third tour and then Mm -hmm. like conducting from the grave was on it like all these like old old metalcore bands um yeah and i forget i forget who else was on it but there was like 10 10 bands on it wow and then you said that set you up for bigger and much bigger tours at that point yeah uh that was like that was like our first like full full ish u.s tour where you're going like west to east coast and back Mm -hmm. so yeah that definitely like made some type of dent for us for the sure. for the rest of our career definitely yeah did you have your first record out at this point or no we yeah well we had the we had the ep out but not the we full length not no not the full length yeah that came a little later okay because that both your first two records went what number one on itunes the rock chart and yes. the yeah. hardcore chart. i think mean, that's crazy right yeah no it, <laughs> those those were also like moments, like, again, like we were just like taking it like tour by tour and and just Uh kind of being thankful for what we could get. And then we, uh, got, we got number one and that was like, okay, cool. Like there's, there's some stuff here to work with. And, you know, we made sure that we just kind of kept that, that energy going and that, like that trajectory, that tunnel vision of like how many more, times could this happen for us you know like uh-huh. pretty cool what what uh impact does going one number one at that time on itunes do like are, are there like are you getting put on bigger to- tours with bigger bands or was it just kind of like a- it, it, it let's yeah i think it honestly like i don't know how much it did but it, it kind of yeah it does um it builds that framework for like promoters mainly mm-hmm. to look at those moments those situations and they're more willing to probably put us on like higher up on a festival or something like that. And then definitely, you know, bands that are like, okay, cool. These guys are doing something like they're getting, Mm -hmm. they're getting charted. So like, let's take them out. Those things definitely happen, but yeah, it's, it's also like a grain of salt. How much like you, you gotta like take those moments, like just cause you get number one for a week or something like, It'll do something for you, but also like you guys still work. It's like, right, just, like yeah, like nothing's gonna change overnight. <laughs> and, but, but it's great. Co- I mean, it's it's great for like heavy music too, and like all that stuff helps. Like even mm-hmm. just hosting those charts and stuff. And like like we like when we just dropped our some of our singles. Like mm-hmm. we had a couple of days where we were number one or number two. And it was sick, and it and it 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 lets the fans know like. Yeah, heavy music can be as cool and accountable as any other genre, you know, so mm-hmm. it's cool. Mm-hmm. Was it hard? Like, I mean, you follow up your first record with another one that goes number one. Like, that must have been, like, I mean, they always say, like, the sophomore record, you know, it could be make or break your band. 
was that even a mindset going into that second record or not at all? And then, you know, it goes number one. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think up until this, this album that's coming out on Friday, mm-hmm. we, we were just not, we, there was no, no plan, no expectation really to uh, like be number one or just, it's always just like, we want to make this last. We want to make good music mainly for like the people who had supported us for years and the fans and everything. Like it, it kind of just, that's where the, it ends for us as a band, even till this day is like all the accolades are cool. All the recognition is awesome, but you know, how can we like do what we love and just keep making it better make the music. I, I think it's making each album sound better than the one before. And that's like something we pride ourselves mixed with like keeping that connection with the fans mm-hmm. like that's that's over over everything is the is the most important for us it's kind of the goal for sure and i i know you left the band for a while was it after the second record yeah, uh it was after yeah it was after so it was after the third one. Oh, yeah uh, after so, different so you were well, on the re- so, different so animals the e- Oh, including no, the EP. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you left yeah, after so No Sleep, correct? No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, I mean, obviously you, you're you on this new record that's coming out. So there's a handful of years there between where you weren't in the in the band. Was that like coming back to the band? Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, leaving, leaving was hard to do, but it was something I had to do. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I went on my own journey and was making my own music and trying a lot of new things out and then when I got the call to get back into the band um, it was just kind of like a no-brainer a dream come true type situation considering I never thought I would be playing heavy music yet again or be back in the band um, Mm -hmm. volumes and you know guys that leave bands you don't really get that second chance or that second opportunity to relive experiences make new ones and right. reconnect so yeah i mean it was it's kind of like got the call two years later you know we're playing shows and making a record pretty surreal stuff wow so did you rejoin the band prior to uh the COVID happening yeah okay it was like a it was like it's like a year of silence so like i agreed to it and then it was a year of kind of like can't say anything we're gonna figure it out and then started making the album and then everything shut down. So then we had like another year and some change to, you know, like after the announcement, like to make the album and all that stuff. So yeah, it was, it was, I, it was like 20 beginning of 2019 end of 2018. And I was agreed okay. to, to, to do it. So it was like a long, a long, a long process in between. Yeah. Yeah, not so much saying yes, but in between a long time announcing it and in that whole journey. Yeah, yeah. Was it cool? I mean, I I would imagine it was probably. Was it like, what was it like going back and you know writing songs with these guys for the first time in six? It was kind of. It was kind of like I picked up where we, where we left off. Like it was just very easy. We had two producers that I know really well that I've worked with two previously. One being Dan Bronstein, who actually helped start the band back when we were in like 2008, 2007. So having him back in the studio, you know, I, I still stayed close with the band, even certain members after I left. It was pretty easy to come back and start 
cranking again. I mean, and we kind of kind of knew exactly the style we wanted to make and where we wanted to go. And that was that helped too, definitely. Mm-hmm. But having having my two buddy producers back and having a previous relationship with them definitely definitely helped. That's awesome. And did you guys yeah. work on the record throughout the past, you know, during COVID or when, when did you start working on the album? Was it before that? It was bef- way before COVID. So it was, oh, it was. The, and then it was already being worked on before I even came back. So it was like three years we had basically with like, you know, we were already making it. We were on the deadline, everything shut down. And then we were like, cool, I guess we have even more time to make this right. record. So, so, I mean, for like my, my bassist Rod and my drummer Nick, and, you know, they, these guys, I mean, they, it seemed like forever for them. They were, I was like, yeah, you guys are probably over this. Right, so, just dying to get this record out. <laughs> dying to get the record out and just like wanting to get it finished. I, to me, it's too much time. Like three years is too long in, in a bad way because it's too it, – you want to make it in the most like short amount of time where it's not rushed, but like productive amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it's like a year, six months to me is like a perfect, even shorter is ideal. Three years, like too much time to second guess yourself and go, Oh, does this sound good? And it probably does, but you're just listening and listening and listening and listening mm-hmm. for too long for too long. Was that something so, that yeah. became difficult to not do? I mean, during I would imagine during a pandemic where it's like, okay, oh, well, yeah. all we have is time to keep tinkering with these songs. Is there a point where you're like, okay, let's just close the computer yeah. and like, yeah, hope yes, for the best. yes, yes. Okay, yes. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, that that's my straight back to my direct point is like you you you're just tinkering and tinkering and tinkering, and it's yeah. like that's why you got to have a good producer it's like half half of it's half of it's managing like emotions and expectations of people's personalities if your producer's good and so the people we were working with were like we're done like this is done it sounds good it's fine so yeah we had a lot of those moments okay and then you just put it away and and now it's coming out on friday that's amazing now it's coming out on friday it's like i said took three years and it's coming out in like um, 72 hours which is crazy crazy yeah and you guys are on the road right now right on tour yeah that's why it's kind of noisy and there's people oh, walking around i know it's, it's great i love it i love doors, the atmosphere the, the doors like shaking my phone and everything but uh <laughs> it's rad I it's came, perfect yeah like everyone was in the green room and i was like i'll go on the bus to do this and then that it's like of course everyone's just in trouble <laughs> now back in the bus <laughs> yes but we're i'm in uh grand junction Colorado. We were in Colorado Springs last night, right outside of Denver. So, okay, yeah, we're we got four shows left. We're finishing finishing it up. Uh, Being in Vegas tomorrow, Santa Cruz, and then Anaheim, and then we're we're off for five months. Wow! And so you're yeah. are you doing like a well? The record will come out right what on Friday. Where will you, you'll be? Where uh, Santa Cruz when the record comes out? Well, yeah, it'll come out on the nineteenth. We'll be in Santa Cruz, and then we'll go home the next day and play Anaheim. Like, this will be kind of like a, the release party. Yeah. Like, tour. <laughs> yeah. Like we're from California. So it's like, we don't mind being up North for, for the, for the, the, the drop day. Right. And then everyone can listen to it. And then we'll get to come home and kind of do our, our hometown show. Chain is chain is like 
you know, it's in Orange County, but it's mm -hmm. considered like a, a spot for us, like a stronghold for us. And we always have good shows there. So it'll be cool to celebrate the album coming out there. That's a great venue. And it's uh, super, you know, notable when it comes to heavier bands, obviously. And, and that scene. Yeah. I mean, the history there is insane. And like, yeah, you walk a, down that hall when you come in and it's just like every poster of every band that's ever been, you know, or they have yeah, shirts like, and stuff, right? It's, it's the shirts, shirts, t-shirts shirts that are everywhere. That to me is cooler. And I trip yeah. out on like, sometimes I'm like, whoa, like you'll see, like there's like a Bane like shirt or like a Bane hoodie or even like, like a Phoenix TX shirt from like 1998. I'm like, right. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. People hate playing there. Some people hate on it. I'm like all for it. I love that place. That's Very cool. cool. Yeah. That is super cool. And, and was this, is your, your first like run of shows that you've done since COVID probably first run of shows back in the band. Yeah. Your first run of shows back in the band. We did two flying shows right when I, right when we announced me coming back it was like a month later we went to japan and hawaii and that was insane that was oh, so wow. much fun we did some shows out there we did like a festival in japan that was a big deal but yeah like then everything shut down mm -hmm. so yeah this is like this is like my first experience back and first first you know string of shows that's awesome that's awesome and congratulations on the record finally coming out on friday that's amazing dude thank you it feels feels crazy that it's finally coming out. <laughs> and I appreciate your time, Michael. This has been awesome. Uh, I have one more question for you real quick. If you have any advice for aspiring artists. You, uh, yeah. I, so <laughs> like post pandemic where we are now, like to me, music industry will never be the same. The touring industry will like, unfortunately never be the same. So like the most simple direct information or advice slash information is like gotta really want to do this because it's harder and more oversaturated than ever which is you know something you can't control so like for a band like us we just try to get back to the basics all the time and just remind ourselves like if you're lucky it gets to a point where it's bigger than the four guys the five guys in the band how many people are in the band and i think anyone that's starting out whether you're trying to be a rapper metal artist jazz artist whatever it's like i think that's the goal is longevity over like you know getting signed and you know yeah it's like these experiences there's nothing like touring there's nothing like playing shows whether there's 600 six people you know it's it's like you got to really want to have those experiences and like grow while you're doing it that that would be like my biggest piece of advice over like you know telling someone this is how you get signed and this is how you get big it's like now more than ever i think it's you got to really just want to like have play music and, and have that release for sure i think it has to start there Yeah.